the missing piece. I can't tell you how excited I am this morning. I feel so full and ready to just share what uh, God's put on my heart. And you know, when you have that feeling and you didn't get to do it a week ago, <laughs> it's been just sitting there, I'm just ready this morning. There, there are some times, you know, when God speaks, he just speaks um, so pointedly and directly and intentionally. And I, I just really feel like the next few weeks are gonna be like a river flowing. You know that, that scripture that talks about a peace like a river? It's gonna be like a river flowing in this place. And Holy Spirit, of Holy Spirit just revealing so much about the Prince of Peace and I'm just so full of expectancy I can hardly hold myself together. Um, so you know, we, we're just so excited to be going into this season. Um, you know, thank you for just being a part of the house uh, and inviting people into the house. This is a great time to invite people into the community. They're open to it. Just like how I was kind of surprised with my neighbor, of course we're coming, you know, which was a great answer to prayer. Um, so I'd encourage you to do that. I want to ask you to agree with us um, uh, for um, another thing while I'm thinking about it. Um, many of you know that we have a couple of rental properties um, on, the, on this uh, block here that we own. And we have our renters here, MMC, that have been behind our office building um, that have been there for a few years now. And their project has, is ending. They were doing some contract work on the hospital project. And they are moving out. So would you agree with us that we'd get some new renters in there come January? And if you see that uh, Facebook post or it's on Craigslist, either place, uh, go ahead and like it, share it, do whatever you can, pray over it. <laughs> um, and we, we'd love to see that building occupied. Amen? Amen. So the question underlying this series is going to be where is the peace? All, all you know, around, across this nation, we, we already talked about this morning, that even nominal churchgoers, even, even people who, you know, don't, um, wouldn't identify them as uh, spiritual or believers are going to be entered into what is called the Christmas season, right? The Christmas spirit. And so everybody knows that there's this phrase, peace on earth and goodwill toward men on whom his favor rests. But some of us hear that and think the question, well, where's the peace in my life? Where's the peace? And so back, back a few years ago, um, when I was a youth pastor uh, at Pine Valley Church, or the last place where God had us, there was a young lady who was in her later years of, of our high school program, and she attended our summer and winter uh, camps with us every year. She, she lived in the neighboring town, um, and the hours that we did youth ministry on Wednesday night made it hard for her to come to our weekly programming, but we saw her every Sunday um, with her adoptive family and, it, and it, pretty much at every youth retreat. Um, you know, every opportunity that we had that was outside of that regular Wednesday program. And she was a real sweetheart, um, and I'd say loved by all in our group, teenagers and leaders both. And um, on a hike during one of our winter retreats, this is an actual uh, picture of that hike. Um, we were on this hike on a winter retreat. Um, it was one of the afternoon activities, and, and for whatever reason, I decided to go along with the leader and it took the breath out of me. If you think you're out of shape, you know, at this elevation, just go to that elevation <laughs> and you'll really test you. But I, so I started joking when the snow started getting deep, when we got to a little bit closer to the tree line, um, you know, the, the snow was pretty heavy and packed still. And I started, you know, 
I think it was my state of exhaustion. <laughs> but I start to tell the kids, um, you know, if it came to it, they could eat me to survive. I know it's morbid. I know it's morbid. I, I apologize, but it seemed funny at the time when I was out of breath and, you know, trudging along in the snow. Anyhow, when I did that, this girl started making jokes about my last name. My last name is Shop, if you didn't know, and she was mixing Shop with names of food. So for instance, the most memorable one, she started calling me names like Pork Shop and Shop Suey. <laughs> and it was actually pretty hilarious. She had us all in tears. We were laughing so hard. And some of those names kind of stuck with me, of course, in the youth group and, and with those kids. And, and she had us, I mean, we were just rolling. And so it came as a complete shock and surprise when her aunt came to me with a suicide letter that they had found in her bedroom. This young high schooler had come to a place in her life, living in this great, we had a great spiritual community there. She was a person of faith with amazing adoptive parents, a really great living environment from what everybody could see. But the peace factor had somehow worn so thin in her life and the non-peace or the anti-peace factor had become so great that as a high school student, she had decided, I think I'm gonna say goodbye to the world and goodbye to my family. I was handed the letter it was several pages long on a Wednesday night, a youth group night for us. And on this particular day, the girl didn't know yet that her aunt had found this letter. Her aunt handed me the letter and asked me to read and pray. And they hadn't had a moment yet to kind of bridge the gap at that moment. But later in the story, that did happen. And I'm happy to tell you, just as a follow-up, a couple years later, she's now graduated from high school, she's working on her education, and she's doing fantastic. So her story, since the letter has opened up conversations about what happened there and how she got to that place, and she's gone to a place of health and restoration, but it just underscores today this question that's out in front of this series, where is the peace? And if you're, if you're missing peace, or if you know someone who's missing peace, then I believe these next three weeks have the potential to be game-changing weeks for you and for me. And they could be the runway that takes you up to the first Christmas day in a long time where you're able to say, there is peace on earth as far as it relates to my heart and to my mind and to my life because God has brought peace into my world. Can we just believe that and receive that? And so all the Christmas songs that we sing, you know, for as long as you can remember about the Prince of Peace, I hope they come to life as new and fresh worship songs as we realize maybe again or maybe even for the first time the tremendous gift that we have in the Prince of Peace who is Jesus. And so... This was promised 700 years before the angel spoke to the shepherds in Bethlehem. The prophet Isaiah wrote it like this in Isaiah 9. Could you uh, stand with me as we just read our opening scripture this morning just to honor God's word? I'll be on the screen behind me. It says, this is Isaiah 9. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, everlasting Father, and say it with me, Prince of Peace. Say it again, Prince of Peace. Father God, 
you're welcome to interrupt this morning and do whatever you want to do. Come and reveal yourself to us this morning in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So the word there for peace is the Hebrew concept of shalom. So his name will be called the Prince of Shalom, the master, if you will, of shalom. And when we say shalom in our context, we just don't use that, that word that much. But if you've ever been to Israel to see that word in the fabric of society, it takes on a whole new meaning. Shalom to uh, the Hebrew mind, to Isaiah's mind, and to the mind of all those that he was um, making this promise to on behalf of God, shalom did not simply mean the absence of war or absence of conflict. Shalom is a far more robust word that, uh, that means, at its heart, it means flourishing. Flourishing. So when God says he's going to be the prince of peace, it doesn't mean that he's just going to come and initiate a truce you know, between all animosity and all enemies. It means that Jesus is going to come, and as Jesus comes, he's going to usher in the flourishing that God desired for our world, for our relationships, for our marriages, for our lives. Flourishing is coming with Jesus because he is the prince of shalom and he is the prince of peace. Amen? Isn't that good? And so when this angel comes to Bethlehem and says, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth or shalom on earth, it was the least peaceful night possibly in the history of the world for this announcement to be made because let's just recap for a moment the political climate of Palestine, uh, Palestine it was tense, it still is to this day, right? And, but in the moment, Caesar Augustus was ruling the, the Roman Empire and one of the tenants of the Roman Empire was in the Pax Romana. The, the peace of Rome, in other words, will established is, is the idea, this military might, this um, geopolitical power, this geopolitical might, so great that there will be peace on earth. That's what Pax Romana was. And, but it isn't, isn't it awesome that the, to the Pax Romana that was happening there with Caesar Augustus, who thought he was a deity, <laughs> he had that in mind for when he thought of himself, that an angel appears and he says, oh yeah, there's going to be peace on earth, all right, but that's not how it's going to happen. So the angel comes and he says it's going to be through another means that Jesus is going to bring true shalom, true flourishing to the world. The Roman Empire left us a long, long time ago, but the prince, uh, the, 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 the peace of Rome, that, that whole thing, in other words, um, didn't pan out, but we're still here today and celebrating and worshiping the Prince of Peace, amen? And so he's offering a different shalom to us today. So King Herod was ruling in Judea, an emissary of the Roman Empire localized at the place of Jesus' birth. It was an occupied territory and it was this kind of oppressive regime that was happening. And there was on this night an unplanned pregnancy and the hassle of a census being taken. Right, So that, that necessitated an unwanted journey. So you have this pregnant woman just about ready to give birth, riding a donkey to Bethlehem. And not only that, but when Mary and Joseph arrived, all the hotels were booked. 
So they end up likely in a cave. Historically, you know, it's, that's probably where they ended up on a lonely night, you know, or as a stable as American tradition kind of calls it. The Bible isn't clear on that, but they, they were isolated from their family. And the people that they love and were completely uncertain about, um, you know, they were all kind of disconnected. They were uncertain about what was going to happen next. And into that night, without peace, God makes an announcement. He says, there's a baby born today in Bethlehem, and he's the savior of the world. And so let it be known again, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth among mankind on whom his favor rests. Now, fast forward to today. The Centers for Disease Control tells us that the suicide rate in America has reached a 50-year high. Last year, well over 47,000 people in America took their lives. 129 people on average every day in America took their lives. Not just people in, in the metropolis, uh, metropolis areas, but the rates were twice as high in rural counties. So apparently, in America, where there is a good bit of flourishing happening right now, the economy's doing okay, some people have been, you know, that have been threatening to wipe us off the planet, their voices have kind of toned down their rhetoric and spending is up. I read in the journal that Black Friday sales were some of the biggest that we've had in Rapid City for several years. But apparently, there's something missing in the landscape of America for 47,000 people last year that people like a high school student from Bayfield are choosing to think about exiting this life. We have a Google grant um, through a ministry partnership with an organization called CV Outreach. You probably didn't know about this. It's a pretty cool deal. If you're on social media and you follow us, um, they are the organization that gives us the weekly uh, graphics and the video themes that you see that goes out on Facebook and Instagram and uh, uh, Twitter um, each week. But they also work with us to acquire this grant through Google. So it's for people who are, are lost and hurting and broken in our region. And the way it works is that um, people just do a Google search. I'm hurting. My, uh, my, my relationship has gone south. Um, and they're looking for help. And those Google searches through this grant, it helps point them towards a landing page on our website with different short videos that highlight um, steps to take through scripture. And at the bottom of those videos, there's a link for them to request prayer with a local pastor. And when they click on that, those emails go to me. And so I get several emails a week where, um, let me tell you, it's a little bit overwhelming sometimes of the broken and hurting people in our community. And just recently, an email I received through this program was from a young female teenager. It was a short email. But in the email, um, she communicated, not directly, but it was, it was pretty obvious that she was feeling, she was at a point where she was ready to end it. In an email that she clicked on to ask for prayer. Now, um, because of the severity of that, I, I chatted quickly with um, Pastor Derek, who's in this realm. He was, happened to be in the office today. He said, yeah, we, we need to, because of the local laws, we need to report this. And so we went through the process of... Um, we, 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 what we were able to do is because of uh, the uh, domain name of the email, I could figure out which school she was attending. 
I emailed or I, I got in contact with the school and within a couple hours, um, the school had contacted their counselor and the parents and um, they were caring for her. And so all that to say, you know, thank you God for the Google grant that you've granted us to rescue people from the enemy. And so I, I, I just wanna say this morning, if there's anybody here who's ever had a thought about exiting life, you think this world would be better without you um, and no one would miss you if you were gone, I want you to know that somebody else has read your letter. They've read your email and his name is Jesus. And he has a purpose and a plan for your life and heaven has a purpose and a plan for your life. And I wanna encourage you with the words of Psalms where it says, I will live and not die and I will declare what the Lord has done. I will live and not die and I will declare what the Lord has done. This is gonna be I believe your story. Your story is not gonna be I gave up. Your story is gonna be I lived and I didn't die and I declare what the Lord has done, amen? And I just feel like I wanna do this. I just, let's just pray right now. Would you just bow your heads, close your eyes? I am... I'm continually surprised by how many people have just an absence of peace in their life. So I just wanna pray this morning with nobody looking around. This is a private moment. If that's you and you've come to a place where you've considered exiting this life, we wanna pray for you this morning. With nobody looking around, I'm not gonna single out. Would you just raise your hand just as an act of obedience this morning, an act of surrender? We want to pray with you. Would you agree with me, church, this morning? Father God, we just ask the Prince of Peace would come and fill this place. God, we know that you're a God of rescue. <laughs> and we know that you're a God of life and life abundant. And God, so we just declare this morning that every life in here would be a testimony of the Psalms. I will live and not die, and I will do what the Lord has for me, your purposes for my life. I'm not gonna believe the lies of the enemy, but I'm gonna accept the Prince of Peace into my life this morning. You can come in and restore in your mighty name, amen and amen. Simple. But I believe it can, thank God that heaven is still coming to us. Like that angel did on Christmas night saying, peace on earth among men whom his favor rests. Amen. And God is still in the business of offering peace. And he's saying, I want to lead you to peace. In fact, into the absence of peace, I'm continually making the announcement of the possibility of peace. And you may not be a high school student who has a letter written or a high school student who's reaching out through a Google search. You may not even be thinking about suicide, but maybe you're tossing and turning every night. Or maybe 
you're looking for something to settle you down or keep you on the rails because peace, it just seems, is missing in your life. And today we want to talk about the Prince of Peace, that there is a real peacemaker in our story. So the first thing that we have to understand is that God's plan has always been peace. Shalom. What's the standard for God? And just to fast forward a little bit, we're heading to a reality, into a future, where shalom is going to be the rule for eternity. So how do you describe heaven flourishing? How do you describe heaven? How about peaceful? Peaceful. Everything that God intended, the absence of strife, the absence of war, the absence of suffering, the absence of things being ripped apart, that's our future because shalom has always been the standard that God has for us. So if you want to read about the hope of heaven, I, I didn't mean this, but I, it's just so perfect to put it in here. Right? I want to recommend that you check out Bill Boylan's book, Heaven. Um, is he here this morning? Have we seen him? He might be out of town. But uh, he has a book uh, called Heaven. It's right over there on the shelves over there, or you can get it on his website, billsbooks.org. You want a picture of heaven flourishing? Get a copy of that book. It just came out this year. Um, number... The, 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 I believe Bill, just by the way, is a prophetic pillar in this church and a prophetic voice of wisdom in our church. So if, if you yourself or someone you know needs hope this Christmas, this would be amazing Christmas stuck, stuffing. I can't talk this morning. Stocking stuffer for somebody. Offer hope through that book. So we've got a few copies on site, I believe, where you can just connect with him. That's my two-second commercial, but it fits so well with what we're talking about the next few weeks. I wanted to mention it. Um, the Proverbs said it this way, by wisdom, the Lord founded the earth, but also in Proverbs, it says her ways, speaking of wisdom, are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. So when the priest um, gave in the Old Testament book of Numbers, a blessing for the people, listen to how it was written. In chapter six, it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom, peace, flourishing. So number one on your notes, backside of your bulletin, if you're taking them, shalom is the standard of God, that you would be flourishing, that we would be flourishing, that the city of Rapid City would be flourishing, that our nation would be flourishing and the earth itself would flourish. That's God's plan and shalom is his standard. The second thing we're seeing is that where shalom was the plan, where shalom is a standard, tragedy is still a reality. So that's the thing we're, we're kind of balancing here as we talk about this. In all of our lives today, there's a story of something that's probably not flourishing, but maybe instead it's disintegrating. And so either it was a diagnosis that came into our world, someone that we love is physically kind of falling apart, a couple that was inseparable or in love is maybe falling apart, so the family is disintegrating, maybe it's a long-standing business partnership that's coming apart. Everything in life ultimately has the pull of sin which tears things apart, where God's plan was to put it back together. And so all around us, beginning with the Garden of Eden, peace or shalom 
was broken with God in the garden. And as soon as shalom was broken because of our sinfulness, then shalom was broken with each other. And so there's a murder that happens in the Genesis story coming out of the garden, out of the back door of the garden. And then we see that shalom kind of was just this broken piece of the world. So the Bible even tells us in scripture that the whole world is groaning. The earth is groaning for shalom. And so as we're here this morning, if you think about it, you know, eight California wildfires are still burning. Schools have been shut down. Thousands displaced so far just in that state alone. Over 6,872 fires have been recorded. Just this year, according to U.S. Forest Service, totaling an estimated of 250,000 acres of burned land. The earth is groaning. The world is groaning. The earth itself Scripture says, longs for the standard of shalom, and we long for that peace, too, with God and with each other. But how does that happen? The third thing that we see is that God's solution is not a peace plan, it's not a peace plan that you and I have to kind of fit together. God's solution is a peacemaker, a savior, if you will, the prince of peace. His name is Jesus. And he is God's plan to bring flourishing to the world. His plan is not circumstantial. It's not going to say, you know, it's not to say I'm going to fix everything and get it all just the way you want it to be. It's not celestial. It's not that there was an angel or a star up, uh, you know, in the sky. And if you somehow get in touch with, you know, your, your spiritual orientation, that you'll get peace in your life because people will try to sell you that. It's not that. It wasn't terrestrial. You know, they, they brought gifts to the little baby, but we know that gold and frankincense and myrrh and, and, and gifts, they can't bring priests. We've got that figured out by now. We know that it wasn't relational. I mean, Joseph got the girl in the end of the Christmas story, but we know that just because relationally things come together, that doesn't mean there's going to be peace. The peace comes in a person. Um, this is what Isaiah was saying. It says, for unto us... A child is born and to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Shalom, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. So basically what we're saying today is God is extending an olive branch to the world. You know, what we broke in the garden God is restoring in Jesus and he's extending an olive branch to humanity today. Say, I want to make peace with you again. In Genesis 8, at the end of the flood, the waters were receding and Noah sent out the dove and the dove flew around. And then uh, after a long while, it finally came back with an olive leaf in its beak. And so that was a sign to them. Okay, the water's drying up. Things are going to, they're going in the right direction. A little bit later, he sent out the dove again, and the dove never came back. So he said, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to take that as a good sign. I know we're really good. The dove found some place to land. He's got a new home. And so from that moment of the olive leaf coming back, it became a symbol. And that's why you see on the United Nations flag, um, it has an olive wreath around its symbol. It became part of the fabric of life. It's a common saying that I'm extending an olive branch to you. You know, that, that all came from God saying peace was broken and judgment had to come somehow on the sinful chaos of the world, but I'm a peacemaking God. I'm a way maker. And so I want to make peace with you and I want to restore shalom with you. And so 
on this night, a baby was born in Bethlehem. Jesus, the peacemaker, is now on planet Earth. And some of you have had the opportunity to travel to Israel. I was, I was sent by destiny back in the summer of 2007. And after going, I, I kind of think as a believer, um, you just can't come back from Israel and not be more confident about who Jesus is. And, and um, as I'm sharing this today, I just want to sort of get us all on the same page. That's what today's message is about because we're going to go on the journey in the next few weeks together and I think it could change um, some of our lives. I think it could change families and I think it could change uh, you. It could save somebody's life, literally, for somebody in this room. But to get there, we have to get our eyes on Jesus who is the Prince of Peace, the promised one of God. Not just someone in the fabric of history, but God's olive branch, if you will, to you and to me. And so to get there, we have to understand that Jesus' peace is real. And when you go to Israel, that's part of what I came away with um, when I traveled there, because the Jewish state doesn't have this vested interest in proving the Christian Jesus to be authentic and real. They just don't. And... Yet every single day in the Jewish state, more and more evidence of the reality of Jesus comes to bear. I mean, if, you, if you're, you know, somebody that watches the news and what's happening over there, there are new discoveries almost, almost every single week, but definitely every single month. As, you know, so the, the, as we go, there isn't less evidence of the historical Jesus. There's actually more evidence of who Jesus was and he walked this earth. So you would think that if all of this was kind of a concoction, that with all the technology and all the advances in archaeology, that over to the last 2,000 years, somebody would, you know, shot a major torpedo in the idea of Jesus Christ, but that hasn't happened. In fact, um, I was just reading about a place inside an area just this week where they know that Herod's place was in Jerusalem from the time of Jesus, and there was this new archaeological discovery that was made. They were opening a, a tourism office. And um, on the street level, and they were going to reno renovate it, right? Before they spent the cash, they said, well, we should excavate. So they excavated a little. They found some stuff, went a little bit further. They found some stuff. And then about 2,200 years of history later, they were at the bedrock of the old city of Jerusalem. This is a picture of that. And I mean, you can go down the stairs and you can shine your light down there. And there's a, there's a bedrock under the old city of Jerusalem right there. Then you, they went through the Ottomans. They went through the Crusaders. They went down to the bedrock. And you know what they found down there? They found and excavated a portion of Hezekiah's wall, the original temple wall. And just to the other side of it, they found a portion of Herod's wall where he had expanded the temple. And they found the place that's quite likely the place where Pilate said to the people, do you want Barabbas or do you want Jesus? So right there, 2,200 years of history down below a tourism office that was undergoing renovation. So what that says today to me is that God doesn't despise our investigation, right? Rather, he welcomes it because he knows down at the bedrock, at the bottom of all of our questioning, at the bedrock of all of that is the God who was and is and is to come. And he knows that as you dig around in the Holy Land, you're not going to unhinge the story of the gospel. You're going to actually discover more of the reality of the presence in Jerusalem of man named Jesus. So now you can do with that, you know, with 
whatever you want after you discover him, that's going to be the most important step that you take in your life. But what you're not going to be able to do and what I'm not going to be able to do is to say, oh, I don't believe in Jesus. If you're a thinking person, you've got to believe in the historical person of Jesus. But what you do with that, that's a whole different step. So the angels coming to announce to us today that Jesus is being born in Bethlehem He's not just another baby born. He's Christ the Lord is what the angel is saying. Therefore, listen, we've got an angel choir that's backing this up. We've got the glory of God that's shining all around backing this up in the story. We've got the, the one announcement that the world needs to hear. Glory to God in the highest is how they kind of open up the, the whole presentation. And here's what the payoff is going to be in all of that message. It says it's peace, shalom is going to return to the people of God. Shalom with God, shalom with people, and ultimately shalom on this planet. It's all coming back to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Remember when President Clinton came into office 26 years ago? This, this was a great moment that happened in modern history where the Prime Minister Rabin and Yasser Arafat, the leader of the Palestinian state, shook hands on the south lawn of the White House. Now, this is something that people said would never, ever, in a million years, in a billion years, happen. And yet I'm telling you, the whole world, if you were around at that time, do you remember the moment? You remember, it was froze as the hands were extended and enemies for centuries had a handshake towards peace. The reason why this image was seen on every screen in the world was because inside of every person in the world is a longing for shalom. Deep down inside of us, we're all asking that today. Is it possible? Can there be peace? And that photo... As powerful as that moment was, I want you to get another photo in your mind's eye this morning. And it is of the God of heaven extending his hand to you. Saying, I'm offering an olive branch to you. About Jesus, it was said before his birth through the song of Zechariah that he would guide, speaking of Jesus, Jesus would guide our feet in the way of peace. Isaiah, the same one who said there will be a prince of peace, now describes the work of that prince of peace. In chapter 53, he says he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. Some translations say well-being, but guess what the original word is? Shalom. Flourishing. And by his wounds, we are healed. So an olive branch came back to Noah on the ark. And then the Prince of Peace knelt down under an olive tree in the garden of Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives and said, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus, under a canopy of olive leaves, offered himself as the olive branch for you. And for me, when I was in the garden of Gethsemane on my trip, it was one of the most, probably the most profound experiences I've ever had. And when I was there, this is actual footage I shot, much lower video quality than we're used to now. But I picked up an olive leaf from one of the trees there. 
Not the tree that Jesus knelt under. That one's in a church with a velvet rope around it. But another tree nearby. And I moved, I've moved too many times to, to know where that branch is now. Probably long gone. But I've been thinking about it. What it would have been like for Noah to have a dove fly back into the ark with that in its mouth. And to watch a God who makes no mistakes while the world kind of feels like it's fallen apart. It totters while empires rise and they fall and emperors make promises that they can't keep. Where the world seemingly is falling apart, God says, I have a plan. And listen, 700 years later, in another olive garden, the Prince of Peace is gonna give his life to make peace and to make shalom possible for you. How did he do it? He made peace with God. That's what Romans 4.25 says. It says, Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. And then it goes on to say, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Christ Jesus. I realize... I feel like I need to say this or I want to say this. I realize that mental illness is a significant issue probably for all of us on some level. But I wonder how many of the 47,000 people who checked out of America last year were struggling in their peace with the Creator as well as they were struggling with peace with themselves. I wonder if they knew that an olive branch had been offered. I wonder if they knew that a handshake had been extended. I wonder if they knew that a nail-pierced hand had been extended to them because there was a day when the peacemaker came into the city of peace, Jerusalem or Shalom, and gave his life on a cross, taking all of the anti-shalom on himself. And the repercussions of that on his innocent life, so then God could once again offer shalom of heaven to you and to me and say, you're gonna be one that flourishes. Now you're not going to have to deal with the wrath of God and the penalty of sin, but you're going to flourish again. You're going to come to life again. You're going to be born again. You're going to be born as a son or a daughter of God again. You're going to get the full rights of heaven again. A seat at the table again. A new name again. A son or a daughter of the king. A king who lavished on each one of us the unconditional love that we could never earn or deserve, saying to us, you are somebody, you are significant, you are prized by heaven, knitted together in your mother's womb. Yes, we were enemies because you broke shalom, but I am a great God and I am restoring shalom through the peace offering of the peacemaker, the prince of peace, my son who establishes the foundation of peace. 
And the scripture says of him, Jesus is our peace. Paul wrote in Ephesians, Jesus restores peace between people. Remember that when we were in Ephesians? For he, Jesus himself, is our peace who made both of these diverse groups, these groups that weren't going to look like it was going to be impossible for them to come together. And he broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. Remember that? Listen to me right now. Just, just look at me for just a second. This isn't to belittle those of you that suffer with depression or any kind of mental illness because I understand that it's real and that it's a very real weight that you carry. And I also understand that it can be very, very significant. All that I am saying to you this morning is that Jesus has offered to be our Prince of Peace. So don't leave him out of your healing. Because I believe your story could be one of healing and wholeness and hope. Holy Spirit, the way I like to say it, is really good <laughs> at offering peace that passes our understanding. It says so in Philippians, right? He's good at coming into our brokenness and into our tragedy and giving us peace even when it doesn't make sense. So I would just offer today, if you're looking for peace in your marriage, you need to get Jesus in the middle of your marriage. If you're looking for peace with a family member, you need to get connected to the Prince of Peace. From that resource, you're going to have the grace to do supernaturally what a normal human wouldn't be able to do. That's what the Christmas story is all about. There was surely an angel, but it wasn't the angel that provided the peace. See, some of us are like, if I could just get an angel to show up in my life, then I'd have some peace. No, you wouldn't, because remember last Christmas series, Fear Not, every time an angel came on the scene, people are, ah! If an angel shows up in our story, we've kind of romanticized it. You know, that would be amazing. Well, yes, it probably would be, but first you'd be terrified. <laughs> According to the stories that we see in scripture. Now, there would be some peace eventually, but you'd have to work through it for a minute. And what God's wanting you to see this morning is that peace is not in the angel. It's not in angelology. It's not in spirituality. It's not in the harmonic convergence. It's not in becoming one with a great cosmic force. This is not where peace is found and people will try to sell you that. If you could just get into the angels and the higher spiritual things in some kind of meditative state, then you can have peace in your life. But the peace this night was not in the angel. The peace wasn't in the star in the sky leading the wise men to Bethlehem. Nowhere does it say, and they saw a great star and said, well, we feel at one with God. <laughs> that wasn't part of the story. No, the star led them to a baby. So there's no peace in spiritualism, there's no peace in astrology either, and there's certainly no peace in the hope that all of our circumstances are just going to line up. Man, if I could just get that promotion, or just get into grad school, or, you know, if she'd just get with a program, or he'll understand that it's my will, I mean, God's will, <laughs> for him to marry me. <laughs> if the diagnosis comes back and it's not cancer, if the thing works out, if we live in peace and the economy keeps on going in the right direction... 
and blah, 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 but then we'll have peace. No, we won't because this world is broken until heaven. And you know the other thing? We already know this, don't we? There's no peace in the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh. Things don't bring you peace. And there's not really, honestly, even a guarantee of peace if you get the girl, if you get the guy. Yeah. Got to hand it to Joseph, though. He did get the girl in the midst of all that craziness. That's a prophetic word for somebody right now. And you're thinking, I'm so glad. I knew there was a reason I came to church this morning. <laughs> but the peace is not up in the spiritual realm. The peace is not in the stars. Peace isn't in your, all your circumstances to coming together. The peace that you're looking for, the only place for real peace is in the manger, the prince of peace. The angel announced his birth. The star led the seekers to find Jesus. The circumstances of the world were not perfect, but they all lined up just right so that under the Pax Romana, which was designed to bring peace, another kind of false peace could, could be announced so that the Roman Empire had gone away for quite some time, but you can still have the hope of a peace today that never ends. And even though Mary and Joseph were instrumental in the story of bringing a virgin son of God to you, it's not in the relationship. They had a boy, and she gave birth to the Savior. His name is the Prince of Shalom. And he's extending his hand to you this morning. It's the hand of peace, peace with God. That's where it all begins. I'm going to ask our musicians to come up, the three that I've asked ahead of time. We're getting ready to close. I want to close with just this prophetic declaration from the Old Testament book of Isaiah. He was declaring this over the nation of Jerusalem. And all the nations, including the Gentiles too. So let's let, just let this sink in to your spirit man this morning as a rhema or a right now word. Father God says this to you. Behold, I will extend peace like a river and the glory of the nations like an overflowing stream. And you shall nurse and you shall be carried upon her hip and bounced upon her knees as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted. You shall see and your heart shall rejoice. Your bones shall flourish like the grass. And the hand of the Lord shall be known to his servants. When I started preparing this message a few weeks ago now, I sat down at the piano over there in the office building and a song came out. And I want you to hear it now. We're going to sing it for you as we close the service this morning. I, I believe with all my heart that Destiny has been a church and will continue to be a church that is designed by our spiritual DNA to release songs that are potent in ministry and the effectiveness of supernatural release and deliverance. The enemy hates it 
when you release what God has given you because it demolishes his purposes and his plans. And so we're going to do that this morning. We're just going to sing a song. There's no power in the song, but there is power in the peacemaker. And we're going to release his peace this morning as a fiery dart into the enemy's lies, into the enemy's purposes to come into your life and break, I believe, anxiety, depression, any kind of suicidal thoughts this morning into any kind of anti-shalom in your life and to usher in the presence of the peacemaker. So as I sing this morning, feel free to stand or move around, come to the altar, whatever you feel led to do. But we're going to close with this, and we're just going to let Holy Spirit do what he's going to do. Amen. Stretched and it covers me. 
out to us this morning. God, I just pray a peace that passes understanding that only you can give. It doesn't make sense. That reaches into our brokenness, that reaches into our anxiety, that reaches into depression, that reaches into the lies that have taken root. And you would bring a flourishing that only you can bring. Holy Spirit, come. We just declare that there would be a breakthrough, that there would be a release of peace. God, may this be a season Lord, even in what has become something that we, 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 there's a Christmas season and there's a spirit of joy, but we've also come to, to call it the busyness of the season. There's so much happening, God. May your peace break in, rush in. And do what only you can do. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. Reveal him to us for the first time or in brand new ways. 
this season. With nobody looking around, I just wanna, before we leave today, I just wanna invite you into relationship with the Prince of Peace. If you've never done that before, you're here for a reason this morning. God's calling your name. Maybe it's a re-surrender to the Prince of Peace. You're thinking to yourself, oh, I need that in my life. Well, I just wanna say it again. I wanna invite you into your very real feelings and, and experiences of disconnection from peace. I wanna invite into your story the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Shalom, of flourishing. Any worry, any fears, let's invite him into this story. So if that's you, whether it be for the first time or resurrendering this morning with nobody looking around, just raise your hand. We don't want to single you out. I just want to pray with you this morning. All right, let's pray this together. Father God, I give you my heart. I give you my life. All that I am is yours. I surrender to you this morning. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for making everything new. Thank you for being my rescue. My life is yours. Come and do what you will. Come in like a river, <laughs> a never-ending source of life, of peace. In your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen.